Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Reception Perception, the show. James Cole and Matt Harmon. All right, hey, listen, is, I, I just want to know, is Cincinnati just all the way back? Because, man, we were, I mean, we were in our fields about Cincinnati, so, yes, you know, so, yeah. through the first, you know, four weeks. And then, like, the last couple of weeks, they've looked just incredible. Are they just all the way back? And here's another question for you, Matt. What are they doing differently that all of a sudden this offense just looks like it was from 2021? They're actually doing quite a bit differently. Um, and this is some of the stuff I, I wrote about in, in Jamar Chase's in-season tracking uh, data and some of uh, the stuff we talked about on the podcast that, you know, they're just having Jamar Chase just run go routes, go routes, go routes, go routes against cover two. And that's – it just – it's never, it's never going to work because you're asking Joe Burrow to make some crazy hero throws. But one of the couple of changes they've made the last two weeks um, – and I want to give Zach Taylor credit for this. I okay. also wish he would have figured this out in week one, not okay. in week six. <laughs> but we'll give him some credit for it. So the last two weeks, Joe Burrow yeah. has taken 87.5% of his dropbacks out of shotgun. 9.2% um, under center. Uh, or excuse, under center is, you know, like 12.5%. So um that's great because then Joe Burrow doesn't have to turn his back to the defense, you know, doing play action that way. And, um, you know, it just makes so much more sense because you have a leaky offensive line. You what's the point of having him drop back? You know, it's similar to what I've said with like the Rams, like they should never have Stafford go under center. They should have him in shotgun every time, because then at that point you can just read the field. Like you can just read the field out. You can pick up matchups, pre-snap, all that type of stuff when you're just sitting back there in shotgun, which is what Joe Burrow's really, really good at doing. He's a good pre-snap quarterback. Um, he's got, you know, a, a great set of weapons. So he should have a favorable matchup every single time. Uh, right. When you're doing it that way and their pass rate over expectation has shot up over the last two weeks, you know, in the first five weeks, they were like 2.2% pass rate over expectation. They've been over 20%, over 21% in each of their wow. last two games. So they're just saying like, okay, our run game's not working. 
we're going to stop trying to run the ball, which also has been a problem the last two years because uh, their run game is is almost all under center stuff. And then so when they go to like play action of the shotgun, you you are not you don't believe like that's not buy it. They're not buying it because mm-hmm. they're not going to do so that now they've started to run Joe Mixon out of shotgun, which is like whatever. Break down those walls so that you're less predictable, because even as the Bengals were firing off last year, they were extremely predictable. And here's the last thing I'll say that um, makes this uh, really interesting. La- you know, last game against the Falcons and the Falcons defense is bad. Okay. Like, especially mm-hmm. once AJ Terrell gets hurt in that game, um, they're, they're, they're not, they're not equipped to stop guys uh, like Joe Burrow and Jamar chase and all these other players, you know? Okay. So that's, just, it's not going to, it's not going to go well, but they still ran a lot of um, a lot of those cover two looks, especially early in the game. Uh, and what was, and, and dude, Tyler Boyd has a hundred yards before you can even blink. Of course right. he does, because where do you want to attack a cover two defense? You want to do it kind of up the seams. If yes. you've got the two safeties, the two high stuff over there, uh, you've got the, you know, your the, those go routes, have them take the safeties to the sideline and just rip Tyler Boyd on those middle of the field routes. And I actually think that's something that, you know, I feel really good about. I bumped Tyler Boyd up the rest of the season rankings. Cause if they're going to change this style of offense and they're going to attack the middle of the field more, I mean, hell yeah, that's what we're looking for, you know, and you're getting Jamar Chase on more opportunities um, to make big plays after the catch, you know, which is a big part of it. So they've really taken a lot of what was not working in the in the first five weeks and burned it and just debuted kind of a whole different approach the last two weeks. And they really should have been doing this from week one, but I'm giving them credit for doing it now. You, you got to credit the coaching staff, too, because. A lot of times coaches will say, oh, the pass game's not working. So you know what? Let's go into more of a shell. How often have we mm-hmm. seen that before, Matt? They, but this time they said, no, what we're going to do, pass game isn't working. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to do more passing. Yep, <laughs> right? Exactly. So I, I love that. I absolutely love that about what the Bengals have done. Um, and I think that shotgun thing that you were talking about, the percentage is there. That is, to me, such an interesting number. So that is cool. Um, and I give, I do give the coaching staff huge credit for that. Um, Zach, listen, they could have absolutely gone into a shell and they didn't. So kudos to them. A hundred percent. And, uh, yeah, Joe Burrow, 80.3% of his dropbacks were out of the shotgun or just snap percentage, uh, out of the shotgun in, in week seven, that was the eighth highest among all quarter. Well, I'll say seventh highest because number one was Brock Purdy, but that doesn't count because he got in that game right. really late. Um, yeah. And meanwhile, his pressure rate, Joe Burrow, uh, just 22.2%. That was the eighth lowest among all quarterbacks because he's got that time to sit back there and shotgun, pick up the matchups. He was only blitzed on 4.4% of his dropbacks uh, was Joe Burrow. So that is something to monitor going forward. But um, that's almost even more impressive that they didn't blitz at all. And uh, that he still is able to find those matchups pre-snap. So, like, yeah, you have a you have one of the dudes in Joe Burrow, right? Like, you have yes. a guy put right. more on his plate. That's exactly what this type of offense the last two weeks shotgun heavy, a lot of pre-snap reads. That's what do do that. Okay, like put more on that guy's shoulder because he can handle it, and he has that intense chemistry with a guy like Jamar. And you just have matchup beaters at all three spots, like Tyler Boyd's not right. a you know he's not in the class of Higgins or, or Chase but he's a really really good big slot receiver and even like yeah. Hayden Hurst 
has been good this year. You know, Hayden Hurst still had like six catches in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. And again, I get it. The Falcons defense sucks. And like (laughs) the Saints were really banged up the week prior. So there's some of that that you have to take into account for. But the fact that the approach was different. Right. Structurally, it's different. Yes. That's more important than the results to me. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast yeah okay there you go um all right let's uh let's talk about pittsburgh here a little bit and oh my god I, do you have to i mean listen i i said a couple weeks ago i wasn't worried about deontay johnson as a matter of fact i said hey listen the, the emergence of, uh, of Pickens actually helps Deontay Johnson because the, 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 the tide lifts all boats, all those kind of things. The offense is in a better spot, um, and, and Pickett is still going to target Deontay Johnson heavily, which is what we have seen. Deontay Johnson being heavily targeted, but Matt, there is no question about it. He's being targeted, and there's no chemistry What? So ever four weeks into this, you know, Kenny Pickett regime. Now Deontay Johnson has looked just flat out bad and unproductive 50% catch rate with Pickett at under center. I don't understand what's happening from a route running perspective. Clearly he's getting open. Kenny Pickett can't get him the damn ball. Um, yeah, so since week five, uh, Deontay Johnson is 25% target share of the offense, 30 targets overall, just 15 catches. Um, brutal. Not great. Just totally brutal. Uh, 34.1% of the team air yards. That leads the team, obviously, in that span. Yeah, Deontay Johnson's still getting open. Now, he's made some mistakes. He's a mistake-prone player. We've talked about the, that. Even as much mm-hmm. as we like Deontay Johnson, he's going to make some mind-bending mistakes every now and again. But mm-hmm. – I man, I just I was just charting George Pickens uh, for the rookie report to talk about at the top, and I went into it just like I hate I hate this offense. I I honestly feel uh, bad about how hard I was on Big Ben, and that takes a lot for me to say that. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) I was I feel bad for how hard I was on Big Ben the last couple of years because I'm not sure all this was his fault. Not that it's the receiver's fault. I mean. But it's this offense, Matt Canada's offense, might be the worst designed offense in the entire NFL. Wow, from a passing game perspective. I mean, it's it's go routes, 
it's slants, it's hitches, and that's it, dude. It's like they don't do anything to take advantage of like middle of the field windows. They don't take uh, like inner in the intermediate areas. It's just like little slants and drag routes, and you know it's weird because they get Deontay Johnson on these like shallow crossing routes on these screen routes, and I mean he's fine after the catch. He's fine from a speed perspective, but I mean they throw to him like he's Debo Samuel. Like he's going to go out there and break like three tackles and get you a first down on, on third and short. I mean, the way it's just, it can't just be a big Ben problem because I mean, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky throwing short of the sticks on third right. down, you know, Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, like funneling targets in the short area of the field. And, you know, Chase Claypool said after this week that, you know, we should get, we got to get more go balls. Like I need more go balls. Deontay Johnson needs more go balls. Uh, George Pickens needs more go. Hey, Joe, George Pickens run a shit ton of go routes, right? He's just running down the field, down the field, getting his steps in, getting his, getting his cardio in, but he's not even getting a ton of looks all the time. And, you know, George Pickens, I think is really good. He's still like a, a rookie receiver that isn't and he, he his catches are elite, right? Like his, his contested catches right. are elite, but he's not always consistently getting open on those, on those go routes or stuff like that. So I don't know, man. I'm uh, I really hate the way this offense is designed. I don't like uh, almost anything about it, and um, I feel really I don't feel confident in any Steelers player like going forward in fantasy. That includes George Pickens. That includes Deontay Johnson. Uh, because and also like I don't know what's our what's our temperature check on Kenny Pickett so far. Oh, uh, what has he got? Two two touchdowns and seven interceptions, or something like that, or seven turnovers. It's uh, it's it's real yeah, that's bad. Not great. <laughs> that's real bad. <laughs> Um, I was tweeting with uh, Ben Solak after the game because um, he had he basically said uh, this is what like Kenny Pickett was sort of billed in the in the draft lead up as like uh, I think because he was an older player you know, he played a lot of college football was like oh he's a really high end processor you know he's like a a right. cousins type of guy and right. um, you know Ben was making the point like that's actually not how he won in college. He actually won with athleticism and like trying to out, you know, like tr- tr- basically tr- tr- trying to win with his tools, right? Like that. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't, he wasn't like a high end pre snap processor. He wasn't all that type of stuff. He was actually winning more so with athleticism and stuff like that. Um, and I actually think Pickett is a pretty good athlete. Like he gets kind of he's yeah he gets out on the move and like he gets scrambling a little bit. He certainly brings more you know, out of pocket ability than Ben Roethlisberger did last year. You know, he's not just a stone pocket statue, but yeah, I, I, I would say he's got functional mobility, you yes. know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not like he's like a great athlete, but no, I think pocket presence wise, I think he gets it. I think he feels it. Um, and again, functional mobility wise, I, I think, I think that part of his game is actually pretty noticeable. Like, you know, Mitch Trubisky, for example, Matt, like he's a better athlete than Kenny Pickett, but you can't tell me the guy's got functional mobility. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? No. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I totally agree with you on that. Um, you know, and, but the, again, the, the, to, to bring it back to Ben Solak's point was like, you can see he's still trying to win that way in the NFL, you know, like writing checks that his arm just can't cash. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's playing as if he's got all the, he plays like he's got all the tools, but he doesn't have all the tools. I mean, that, that last interception to Deontay Johnson, you know, in man coverage, it is a really low percentage throw. And like, he wasn't even close on that. No. Like nothing, he didn't, there was no way Johnson could make a play on the ball. Any of that stuff. Um, terrible. You know, it was terrible. And, and, you know, I, I said to Ben after the game, I was like, that's that evaluation that you just posted. 
that sounds an awful lot like Taylor Heineke, you know, um, <laughs> writing, you know, writing checks that his arm can't cash playing like okay. the best. The best thing about Taylor Heineke is he he plays like he's Patrick Mahomes, but the worst thing sometimes that he thinks he's Patrick Mahomes, you know, he, get, he like makes those throws. And uh, Ben just sent me back a screenshot of Nate Tice, who works for the athletic and he was mm-hmm. his pre-draft comparison was on Kenny Pickett was Taylor Heineke and I was like oh no no No. that's not what you want to hear so but I I think that you know we're so early into Kenny Pickett's career you know he 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 missed time in that in in his second start there uh with a concussion against the Buccaneers you know Mitch had to come in and win that game um so you know it's we're really early but I do think like he's got to figure out more how to play within himself God, though, but I mean, then we're just kind of more short timing passes, rhythm, stuff like that. And I think that this offense is already too much in that. And, you know, the pressure numbers aren't that bad on on Kenny Pickett over the last couple of weeks. Like he's, you know, in the bottom uh, 15 or but you know, bottom half of the league in terms of pressures on his drop back since week five. So uh, but, you know, in terms of completions of 10 plus air yards, he's completed uh, or just 10 plus yards in general 36.4% of his completions have gone for 10 plus uh, yards since week 5 that is 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 seventh worst seventh worst can i i'll give you one other stat that is uh pro picket um and i know we're sitting here saying oh you know he hasn't played that well which i i think is true he he has not played that well um, but uh, according to next gen stats, he, he does have a 2.3% completion rate over expectation, over expectation. Okay. And that 2.3% is actually, it's actually the fourth best in the NFL. Geno Smith leads the way 8.2% over expectation. Go. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, Jameis Winston in that conversation too. <laughs> It's Derek Carr at 2.4%, and then it's Kenny Pickett. So there's something there to maybe, if you're looking for a little nugget of positivity, um, you know, you could certainly say not all of it is his fault. Um, and maybe you're right. Maybe it's part of the offense. Too. I, I just, can we, I don't want to say can we stop with the wide receiver screens, but can we, can, no, can we say, say it, say it, say it. <laughs> Can we stop? Can we with stop the wi- with the wide enough, receiver screens? Enough already with the wide receiver screens. Also, I and I, um, I, my eyes almost rolled out of the back of my head when um, <laughs> there was the the next gen stat on the I think it was next gen stats during the broadcast. Yeah. Like had the on the lower third, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers lead the NFL in um, wide receiver rushing attempts. It's like, oh my god, like none of your dudes are that guy. Like even no. I mean, maybe chase Claypool. but like, again, I like Deontay Johnson, but is De- Deontay Johnson is not Cooper cup. He's not Debo Samuel. He's not like some after the catch monster, like get him out there running freaking dig routes, like post routes, like use the deep and middle intermediate yeah. of the field. Like those are your money making throws in the NFL. And they don't do any of that stuff. It's again, it's just, it's slants, it's drags, it's shallow crossers and it's go routes. And that's it. And it's, it is just, it's a it's a it's a Mickey Mouse offense, and like by the way, Matt Canada, <laughs> Matt Canada was a college like offensive coordinator who never really hit it big. You know, it's like I think Mike I Tomlin needs to like I have know. a look in the having have a look in the mirror and wonder like what are we doing on offense and like is this really the like I think you should ask the question, 
right now because you're not going anywhere this year. You're gonna you're right. two and five. You know you Correct. suck. You're not you're not gonna be good this year. Um, yeah, I, I do think because that's like think about how Matt Canada got into the job too. Like they fired Randy Finkner. I think it was I think it was either mid season. It might have been a mid season firing actually. Like and Matt yeah, Canada was the true. quarterback coach. They promoted him and then. Canada really got to put his fingerprints on the offense last year in his first year as a coordinator. And did anybody like watching the Pittsburgh Steelers offense last year? Uh, I, I don't think so. I think that it was I weird. think like it was weird, it right? Because was wasn't it? It was like it was a lot of the same stuff. And I, and actually, when when that happened, I just thought, oh well, that's just Big Ben like commandeering so the too, offense, yeah. you know. But I I, I mean, so too, yeah. now we're away from Big Ben, and it's still the same stuff, like. You know, we're seeing way too many wide receiver screens, all these jet sweeps um, to, to again, to, to wide receivers that are not like jet sweep specialists, you know? Hey, man, I hope everyone has a great week number eight. Um, I've got a few, I got a few bangers coming out this week in terms of skits, man, that I'm really excited to share with people. So if you guys want to follow me on Twitter, that'd be cool at James Deco. Uh, and you can follow Matt as well. I think we're both trying to build our TikTok base a little bit, aren't we? Yeah, I haven't talked about it publicly because I'm ashamed, but I am on TikTok. Uh, but I'm just posting like, I'm just posting these podcasts. Clips of this show. And, yeah, clips of this show and and, and of my Yahoo shows as well. Uh, Atta, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go out there and be full on TikTok because that's just it's too much for me. But I'm, I'm, I hear you. I am, I am putting some modicum of effort into it. And uh, yeah, we'll see. I'll get, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. All right, there you go. Why don't you guys, why, why, don't you, <laughs> why don't you guys go to the website, receptionperception.com. Check us out there. Uh, become a subscriber, man. Support Matt's work, if you will. All right, so there you go. That's the show for Matt Harmon. I am James Coe. I hope everyone has a great week eight. We'll see you.